everyone, and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. Hello, how's it going, friends? And John. How you doing, everybody? What does dating and Shark Tank have in common? Both are absolute bloodbaths to be approached with caution. But if you do it just right, you could walk away with someone special. Will our founder find the right chemistry, or is her product just not that compatible? Time will tell. But first, I've got an even better pair for you. Our podcast and this ad. Long hours, small teams, uninspiring content. Marketing for a startup is hard work, but it doesn't have to be. HubSpot for Startups can help you grow your business without growing your stress. Their all-in-one platform connects your sales, marketing, and support all together. So you can increase leads, fast-track deals, smooth out support, and join a platform that more than 190,000 top brands trust. Plus, they have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. HubSpot also offers discounts for startups on their top-rated customer platform, and not the kinds of discounts that barely make a dent. I'm talking about meaningful savings up to 90%. So if you're ready to crush your marketing, look no further than HubSpot for startups. To see how much you can save, visit HubSpot.com startups. So today's product is Dating by Blaine. And this comes to us from founder, self-named Blaine, who is asking for $100,000 for 2% in her company. <laughs> yeah, that is a $5 million valuation, folks. The product that Blaine has is a series of online courses and one-on-one coaching sessions that are essentially aimed to coach men into how to successfully have online and hopefully offline <laughs> dating relationships. So Dating by Blaine is like a dating service, but she doesn't match people. She's not a matchmaker. Right. She's not a matchmaker. She's just teaching people how to date better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's basically saying matchmaking is solved by online dating. The problem, well, I see a lot of problems here, but <laughs> first of all, I would just say for someone who says that they can teach you to communicate in a way that would attract a partner, <laughs> She sure didn't prove it by offering 2% for $100,000. Like the valuation is whack. $5 million valuation on 1 million in non-recurring revenue is just like shockingly out of whack. Number two, her understanding of what would motivate the sharks just seemed really out of whack. Like there's not nearly enough upside in 2% ownership of the company to make them want to help. And also her belief that she could actually teach Gen Z how to more effectively text message with a potential Mm, mate. mm -hmm. It's also kind of out of whack. If I was in Gen Z and I wanted to find a date, I would never be like, (laughs) I should hire someone who is not of my generation to actually teach me how to text message better. It's like asking your parents. Because like, I feel like (laughs) emojis constantly change. Like, I don't even know what emojis mean anymore. Kids are using emojis in different ways now. Like they They mean different things. They don't use emojis anymore. It's uncool. (laughs) Emojis? It's uncool. It's a sign of being lame. All emojis? So you can use like the original ones where it's like made of the punctuation. Those are super hip again. Mm-hmm. But like if you use the character emojis, oh my gosh, yeah. such a loser. Yeah. I'm such a loser. Oh no. This is awful. No, no. Just don't talk to Jensi. I clearly talk. don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Maybe Blaine has a course on this. Take the texting course. Definitely. <laughs> Ariel, what are your thoughts of this founder and this pitch and this company? You know, I worry about longevity when it comes to this. In another episode, we reviewed AI and bots. I actually have been seeing use cases of chat GPT for text messaging and for dating apps. So I really don't see this being defensible. Yeah, chat GPT is just going to put her out of business. Yeah. 
if I came into this pitch, I would say some kind of data there to highlight why she wants to focus so much on men. I think mm-hmm. she's relying a lot on old connotations of it's more difficult for men to like have the initial conversation. But as our chief executive single person in the pod today, <laughs> I will say women equally have a difficult time with starting the conversation, especially with apps like Bumble, where it's very women first kind of lead the conversation. So I think there's just a lot of misses across like timing, longevity, and just overall audience that she's trying to reach. Would you propose that she not focus on men and focus on women instead? I feel like when men get their advice, they'll look to other male figures for it. That's interesting. As a man, I would always take a woman's advice about how to approach a woman ahead of a man's advice. 100%. Hmm. Very few heterosexual men have been approached by other men and know, Hmm. like they can say this worked for me, whereas a woman is like, hey, I see this all the time. Like I'm constantly barraged Hmm. on all of my dating profiles by approaches from men. Here's what works and here's what doesn't. Yeah. Dating is such a subjective scene. It is heavily reliant on personal preferences and different things that are highly personal to the two individuals involved. I think what this broke down to me is that her credentials are that she's a beautiful woman that has been approached a lot. So my problem with this is not so much the concept. It is the fact that I think that she's creating courses on how to successfully date her, but it's marketed as a product that's supposed to be universally acceptable. I was looking for like, what makes you the subject matter expert in this arena? There wasn't anything. It's like she just created these courses, started selling them. And to me, that's less of a viability of product and more of a you're good at marketing. And that's not defensible. I agree, Jordan. Sorry, I had a lot of big opinions. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's very subjective based off of her experience. And I think the type of audience that she is targeting, being hit on by a guy who's more nerdy and reserved is very different than being hit on by a guy who's in finance that may be the most extroverted person in the room. I so, think finance guys are pretty nerdy and often quite reserved. Uh, I think we have a difference of with, experience. With the Columbia Fest, are we talking about the same type of finance guys? <laughs> Yeah, I think your point, she's created a bunch of courses to teach people how to date her is a really insightful comment, Joria. Mm -hmm. But the thing that would give her more credibility than anybody would be if she said, I have helped 25,000 men approach women Mm -hmm. and I have tracked what has worked and what hasn't worked for every single one of those. And I actually have a guide now for that. The problem is, to Ariel's point, I think AI will kind of replace that because what AI is going to do is you're going to just go to your chat GPT and you're going to say, hey, write me 10 funny text messages to approach a person who is into spending time at the library and likes to go for walks in the park and yada, yada, yada. And it will write 10 and you'll say, oh, make them funnier. Mm -hmm. And it will just keep adapting them. And I think it'll be a more powerful, like real time tool Mm -hmm. for that. Ariel, so one of the things that you started to go on is like her personal brand. Does this personal branding work, you think, in terms of being that primary driver of what's getting her business? So I think in this instance, because she's essentially selling her image and her experience, that her personal brand matters a lot. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have the credentials or the background. It's more of her storytelling of like her experiences. So sharing some more vulnerability about some of the challenges that she sees or some of the struggles that men face. She needs to have a little bit more of an emotional base to connect to the audience. You're going to have someone who's in the millennial generation tell Gen Z, you know, how to date. Where is that emotional tie-in to be like, yeah, I really resonate with this person. I really feel her struggles. Yeah. I would find it interesting to know what her target persona is. I almost would have rather her come in and say like, hey, I am the expert on helping upper middle class millennial men Mm -hmm. connect with a partner. 
that would have brought her a lot more credibility yep. than saying, I help everybody do this. Her website kind of just says, I help men like you. Yes, you find a partner. And it's like, oh, well, I, I don't know if you could help me. She might actually benefit and gain credibility from being very specific about who she helps. Mm -hmm. And that could tie more to her brand and her credibility. What are some tactics that you would advise her to lean into if it seems that she's really banking on this like emotional experience? If somebody has success by being coached by Blaine, she should offer an incentive mm. for the person who had success to invite some of their friends to participate as well. Because mm. I feel like dating still ultimately benefits a lot from some connection between sure. friends or family or something like that mm -hmm. to give some credibility. And so I think a referral program could work really well. So you could actually design it in a way that it's like the person doing the referring gets no benefit, but they can give a gift to a friend, mm. right? And that can be the referral program, which is like, hey, actually the first month of Blaine's coaching has been waived because I had a successful match through her That's and I'll awesome. just give that as a gift to you. And that will make the giver feel really good about it, right? Because it's like, I'm not trying to like milk my friends for money, you know, MLM. I'm giving it out to you, right? Like, hey, this yeah, was super successful for me. To Let me give the gift of Blaine to you. Yeah. I think for me, it's more so if she can take little digestible pieces from her courses, I think that's also Ooh, a really yeah. great way to build that relationship with her audience. That is a great way. Yeah. Would you invest in this as a company? No, I mean, unfortunately, I feel like the way that she approached the valuation and the offer, it was just nowhere close. The valuation was nowhere close and the type of equity was nowhere close. And I think that her pitch didn't establish enough of why she would be the right person to scale a company like this, such that you could imagine a return there. What about you, Ariel? Are you going to invest in love? <laughs> No, but if she made it into like an academy <laughs> or like a platform that is more robust, a little bit more differentiation and like instructor experience, then I would be more open to it. Yeah, maybe that'll be the next HubSpot Academy course. <laughs> Dating by jewelry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, I'm married, so my I financials are equal to that of Blaine. And you know what? I met him on an app. So look at that 100% <gasps> success that? rate. Yeah. He was my first Bumble date. So I'm wow. just saying, lock it in. Look at that expertise. Ultimately, though, some of our concerns that we've addressed here kind of got reflected in the sharks. They didn't really see it as like a scalable product. There was actually a boomerang, you know, because I thought this was going down. I thought that there was going to be no Shark Tank deal. Yeah. We had two offers on the table. Surprise so Kevin me. and Mark both put an offer out. Kevin for $100,000 for 15%. And Mark, who I feel like went out pretty early, was like, okay, I can be schmooze. There was like a little flirting. It was clear that he was her desirable shark. And he came back in for $100,000 for 10%. So ultimately it was a match and made deal match. was made with Mark. But again, it was a situation where clearly this founder came in and was looking for a particular shark. And in this case, there was a happy ending. I love it. How about that? Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh, even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite.